In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Good morning and welcome to Mother's Day. Yes, we are talking about Mother's Day today. I hope you remembered your mother. Now, if you were listening to the gospel text this morning, you might have thought that we're either several months late or several months early for Advent. But I would like to offer for your thinking this morning that these are indeed the right texts for Mother's Day. And appropriate to this day, I would like to invite you to take a look with me at motherhood this morning, if we can, even if we can only do that very briefly. Now, you should have a blue handout like this. Now, let me invite you to take that out. Following the tradition of more than 20 centuries of Christians, I would like to offer for your thinking this morning that the most profound role model in Scripture, of course, besides the Lord Jesus Christ himself, is the mysterious, the almost haunting image of Mary, daughter of Heli, granddaughter of Maphet, a virgin from a little Galilean town called Nazareth. And may I suggest for your thoroughly reformed thinking this morning that she who is called the mother of God and yet the blessed virgin is the model of motherhood. But men, men, in her spiritual character and perfection, I would like to offer for your thinking that she is also a model for what it is to be human, whether we be men or women. So let's, this morning, start with a place that we're all familiar with, shall we? So let's start with Genesis 1.27. You all know that verse. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, we know that the image of God is shared by men and women. In men and women together. And that is not with men and women in competition with each other or men and women in some sort of priority over each other. But men and women together. And when they are together, then we are able to look from us humans back up toward God and say, I have some idea of what God looks like. Some idea of what he is like. So where shall we begin? Well, someone has once described Holy Cross, you ready for this, as a very male-oriented church. Some of you are laughing because you know that's true. Okay, perhaps that's fair enough, all right? Perhaps that's fair enough. We do know that God chooses to reveal himself to us in the first instance as what? Father right? For our good and for the good of society, 
For the salvation of society, God makes himself known to us as the Father, the origin of all things. But, men, ladies, let's not overlook all the times that God has made himself known in Scripture according to motherhood. For God carries within himself the very characteristics of motherhood as well. Now, I've given you some examples there in your handout. There are numerous of them, but I've just given you three. Isaiah 66, 13. For thus says the Lord, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted, Jerusalem. From our Psalter this morning, the psalmist says he finds comfort in the arms of God. It is like being calmed and quieted like a weaned child at his mother's breast. The New Living Translation of Isaiah 46.3 puts it this way. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel. I have carried you before you were born. I carried you before you were born. You see, like a mother, God has carried humanity, in particular his chosen people, if you will, within his own womb. And he has given birth to them in travail, like a mother. One source put it this way. If I got your attention? It's kind of quiet out there this morning. <laughs> One source put it this way. Every element of human generation, which is proper to man, every element which is proper to woman, namely fatherhood and motherhood, these bear a likeness or analogy with the divine generating, and also the divine fatherhood of God. You see, men and women together as fathers and as mothers tell a story to the world about the life-giving nature of God. Yet, women reflect often what men cannot and do not about the nature of God. Women uniquely can reflect the life-giving motherhood, which is part, part of the fatherhood of God. Motherhood is not a tack-on to life. It is intrinsic to life itself. Women uniquely can reflect the life-giving motherhood of God. And human motherhood is a sign that points us to God in a way that nothing else on earth can. So this story this morning of this young girl from Nazareth is an invitation to reflect upon God and ourselves more deeply. Well, here's the first fruit, I may suggest, of our reflection. And I have borrowed it from theologians far better than myself. Motherhood teaches us about the absolute necessity of giving the gift of self. The absolute necessity 
of giving the gift of self. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, to be a person, to be a person means that you exist for your own sake. God gave you that honor when he made you. How many people here this morning remember the A-team? Remember the A-team? All right, I'm not alone. The A-team. And remember Mr. T? You lucky I let you live. Sort of as if to say, if you don't accomplish something good for me, if you don't fit into my purposes, then you are totally expendable. You just don't matter. You are irrelevant and can be snuffed out like that. But friends, that is an evil lie. You are a free and autonomous person. You have a right to exist for no other reason than you are you. That is your right to exist. God gave you that. But here's the wonder. The full scope of personhood only comes when you and I find ourselves in relationship with someone else. We come to full personhood by giving the gift of self to someone else in whatever way or whatever sphere that we do that. And that's exactly what we see in Mary, isn't it? That is what motherhood is, the gift of self to another so that life might enter the world. Now, this gift actually spills over even to fathers. Think about that for a minute. Does not Joseph receive a new definition of life and even himself through the motherhood of Mary? Now, men, think about it, okay? Both Joseph and Zechariah, right? When the word of new life, this gift of new life, comes to their ears, they're like, they're all consternation and all uncertainty. They have no idea what to do with it, right? It's a well-known trope. Man standing outside there while women's giving birth. The woman knows exactly what she's doing, and husband's up and down, walking up and down, just all confused. You see... It is through motherhood that their new life of being a father is defined. Motherhood now defines father as protector, nurturer, and shepherd of both mother and child. Yet, as we know, fatherhood and motherhood is all very different. <laughs> For men, fatherhood is always distinct, it's always external, it's always something other. I don't have to tell any of you mothers that, you know that. <laughs> but the gift of self which is required of the mother is far more costly than the gift of self required of the man. Hers is internal, hers is difficult. Hers involves a giving of every part of herself for the sake of the life of the other. 
But there's more I think we can have in our reflection on Mary. And that Mary is also the prototype of all humanity, whether male or female. Mary is also the prototype of all humanity, whether male or female. Now, okay, all you iron-pumping male veterans out there, stay with me here. Don't, don't let me lose you. Because I think there's something here for us guys as well. In many ways, Scripture presents Mary as a picture of what we all should be. In Revelation chapter 12, she is the representative of all the church. In Christian iconography throughout the ages, I've just come from a trip to Europe, she's consistently portrayed there at the foot of the cross. And this is not only simply to recall the historical facts mentioned in the Gospels, it is because Mary is a symbol for all of us. We too should be found at the foot of the cross. Mothers, think what you represent to the world. To be a mother means to have an openness toward God. An openness to bring life into the world. Mary had, as all mothers must, an openness to conceiving and to giving birth. By being open to God's purposes and plans, then marvelous and miraculous things come about, don't they? She not only begets a child, but she also acquires a new identity. And that identity is glorious. She becomes the mother of God. In her openness, she finds what God has intended for her from long ages past. She discovers herself through her openness to God's purposes. And I would suggest that that is a model for every human being. That when you and I are open to whatever God wants to do in our lives, then we will begin to discover our true self. That which God has intended for us from long ages past. And when you look at Mary, what do you see? You see her obedience. God calls to her. He asks of her a very costly thing. A sword will pierce her heart also. And by her obedience, she must endure slander and whispering. And she must share in the suffering of her son. And it is only through this costly obedience that she can accomplish God's purposes. The mothering image of Mary, the mothering image of mothers, calls us to an openness and to an obedience 
to give life and to give flourishing in the midst of a culture of death. Thirdly, Mary as mother shows us how the life of the mother becomes the pattern or example for what her child becomes. In the first chapter of Timothy, remember what we, what we heard? We heard in that first chapter of 2 Timothy how the faith first existed in your grandmother and in your mother. Mary's declaration when she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Well, that was important for her life henceforth. And by accepting motherhood, Mary was declaring for herself that she was a servant. Mary was saying, I am a servant. Okay, men, I'm going to say this half in earnest and half in jest. Note that Mary was not declaring herself a servant of Joseph. She says, I am a servant of the Lord. Get my drift? More seriously, Mary's declaration of her servanthood would forever mark her life. And what she had chosen to become, her child must become. For if she becomes indentured, so the child is born indentured and as a servant. Furthermore, through her supernatural conception, Mary enters into union with God. In some mysterious way that no theologian or philosopher will ever be able to explain, she becomes the mother of God. She becomes the instrument through which humanity is elevated to the Godhead. Mary's motherhood is an example to all in humanity. She desires to elevate herself to God. And God desires for you to have that same union with him. God longs for every person here this morning to be in union and connection with him. And this sweet young girl shows us how it can be done. At her knee, the Son of God learns obedience to the Father. From her life, the Son of God sees union with the Father exhibited and shown forth. Finally, this morning in our reflections, I would like you to think about the fact that motherhood is the channel that brings life and salvation to the world. Now let's stop and think about that for a minute. In our Genesis 3 text, we read about the woman. And in those words, the woman, lie the two bookends of the story of our redemption, don't they? In these two words, in the woman, are embraced the two prototypical mothers of all humanity, 
both physically and spiritually. Eve is what? She's the mother of all living, isn't she? Mary is the mother of God, our Redeemer. It is Eve's mothering that gives physical life to the world. She is the one who stands at the very beginning of all the human race. She is the one who brings about physical life under the first covenant of works. She is the helper that enables Adam to fulfill his covenant, although now he needs to do it under the burden of sin. But Mary, through her motherhood, through Mary, interestingly, God begins a whole new covenant with mankind, doesn't he? Paul says in Galatians 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman. But I'd like to show you this, men. It's kind of interesting. In the Old Testament scriptures, whenever God made his covenants with humanity, what does he do? He comes to the man, doesn't he? So God comes to Noah and makes a covenant. God comes to Abraham and makes a covenant. God comes to Moses and makes a covenant. <laughs> but when God starts the new covenant, he comes to a woman. He comes to Mary, the virgin of Nazareth. She becomes the mother of the new covenant keeper. She in fact, will be the sign that the troubles between men and women, which began with original sin, will soon be over. For spiritually in Christ, there will be neither male nor female, but all are one in him. In Mary's submission to the will of God, we find the channel of redemption is reopened. The channel of life which our first mother Eve gave us and then spiritually took away from us, this channel Mary brings back to us. Now this morning, mothers, as you walk in the image and pattern of Mary, we would like to express our gratitude. We would like to express our gratitude for your humility and sacrifice and for the gift of yourself. We are profoundly grateful that your lives and your character are being replicated in the lives of our children. We thank you from the bottom of our heart. But before I close, I have more I must say. But unfortunately, it's entirely another sermon. So we'll save it for another day. But it is also a picture and a prototype that speaks both to men and to women at various stages of their life according to the will of God. For the characteristic 
that marks both the dignity and vocation of Mary is not only motherhood, but in the first instance, it is virginity. It is her purity and devotion which ennoble the calling of singleness and chastity when they're directed toward the purposes of God. So therefore this morning, ladies, all ladies, wherever you are today, mothers or not, we offer our deepest gratitude for your lives. It is your walk with God and your living out the purposes of God in your life that inspires us and directs us toward him. Amen.